Welcome to LaGrave Avenue CRC's Sermon Podcast. We celebrate the coming of the Spirit with Pentecost. We are habitual sinners. Things are ingrained in us so deeply that without thinking, we will sin. It's like flipping on a light switch that we know has been disconnected, and yet we still do it without even thinking. How do we overcome this? With the Spirit. You're listening to... The Spirit Who Gives Life by Rev. Christy Mannion. Today on Pentecost Sunday, we get to remember and celebrate the gift of God and the coming of His Holy Spirit. And we're going to do that through a well-loved passage of Scripture today. In Romans, Romans chapter 8, verses 1 to 17 And we're picking up right in the middle of Paul's train of thought, and that is unavoidable. So we'll acknowledge that, and um, we'll kind of explore some of the interactions between chapter 7 and chapter 8 as we go forward together. Listen to these words the Spirit speaks through Paul. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. Those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. The mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It doesn't submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh. You are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received doesn't make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, 
if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. This is the word of the Lord. The British rabbi Jonathan Sachs writes in one of his books the story of his own near drowning when he was a young man. He had gone to the coast of Italy. He was there on the beach with his wife, and he had never learned how to swim as a child, but he thought the the water of the Mediterranean beckoned him, and he said, I'll step out into the water. He went out about knee-deep. He was smart about it. Not knowing how to swim, he didn't want to take any chances. When he was ready, he turned around and started to head for the shore. And all of a sudden, in a way that he can't quite identify, he found himself floundering. Whether there was a drop-off in the seabed or he just lost his footing somehow, somehow he was going under. He writes, it's difficult to recapture the panic that I felt. It did, at the time, seem like the end. I'd already reconciled myself to drowning when someone, seeing me thrashing about, came over, took hold of me, and brought me to shore. He deposited me almost unconscious at the feet of my my wife. I was too shocked to do or say anything, and I never even found out his name. But somewhere out there, is a man to whom I owe my life. He goes on, that for me has always been what help is like. You put out a hand and someone seizes it and lifts you to safety. Self-help would not have worked at all because I was the problem, not the solution. Help for me has always been other help. The other help, the outside help of God, is exactly what Paul is talking about in Romans 7 and in Romans 8, the contrast between those two chapters. Pulling a flailing and powerless person to the safety of shore is a picture of the before and after life in Christ afterwards that we see as a contrast to the life before Christ in the spirit of seven. And so while it's Pentecost Sunday and we're trying to think a lot and talk a lot about the Holy Spirit, we don't talk about him enough, we are also thinking about how the work of Jesus and how the work of his Spirit are interconnected and go together. Paul switches back and forth a lot in that passage between the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of Christ and the presence of Christ and the presence of the Spirit. Romans 7, Paul describes that desperate need of fallen humanity. Although he wants to do good, he says evil is right there with him, and he is drowning in it. He voices the experience of futility, condemnation from inside, recognizing. He voices the experience of futility and self-condemnation that are inherent in this life without Jesus. What a wretched man I am, Paul says. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? But now, now chapter 8, now, Paul says, Jesus has brought him up and deposited him safely on the shore. Now there is no condemnation. Now, through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life 
has set us free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, by the flesh in here, think sinful nature, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so the condemnation fell on sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of God's law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but instead according to the Spirit. There's a lot going on just in those four opening verses. Paul is exploring kind of a word play on the word law. And it starts in chapter 7, but it goes over into the beginning of chapter 8. And a couple of those laws that he's referring to are actually powers things that hold us in their grip. So it's important to see what powers we've been delivered from and what power we've been given by the Spirit. The first law Paul refers to is the Spirit who gives life. That's the principle, the power of the Spirit. The second law is the law of sin and death. That's the principle or power of sin operating in our lives, leading us away from God toward death. The third law, the law that's powerless, is the Mosaic law, the Torah. That law was God's good gift to help the people of God know how to live in ways that pleased him. But as an outside standard, it had no power, had no power to break the reign of sin once and for all. But then at the cross, at the cross, Jesus breaks that power of the sinful nature. Like us, in every way except for our sin, Jesus comes to be for us a sin offering, and in him, he condemns the condemnation that we don't. He receives the condemnation that we don't have to bear. At one and the same time, he tells the truth about sin, that it's a power hostile to God. And at the same time, Jesus carries the sentence, the penalty for our sin, and robs it of its hold in our lives. The surprising result of that is that the righteous life we were designed for with God is fully met not just in Jesus, the sinless Son of God, but in us, who no longer live according to the power of our sin nature. Instead, we walk in the life-giving power of God's Spirit poured out at Pentecost. And so when we were drowning in the power of sin, God sends help from the outside. Jesus lifts us from that drowning place, bringing us to shore. But he doesn't just leave us on the shore. He sends the Spirit who teaches us how to swim and gives us the power to float. The Spirit's work in us has dimensions that are now and dimensions that are off in the future. Now, now the Spirit gives us the ability to walk in ways that please God. Now, the Spirit governs our minds and our hearts for life, for peace. Now, with the Spirit's help, we can put to death the actions that lead us away from God. Now, 
The Spirit assures us that we belong to God, testifying with our own spirits that we are God's children, bound to Him by love, not through fear. That living witness spoken to our hearts also guarantees our future hope. The spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, Paul says. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body because of his spirit alive in you. If we're children, then we're heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings so that we will also share in his glory. The reality of that access to the life-giving power of God's Spirit to confirm Christ in us, that's why Pentecost is my favorite Christian holiday of the year. We need Christmas, we need Good Friday, we need Easter, but at Pentecost, all of those things culminate after Jesus' ascension in the crowning gift of God's Spirit to the world coming out on the lives of believers. This is an era past people of God could only have dreamt about. 600 years before the time of Christ, they were dreaming of it. The prophet Jeremiah spoke of this new time when God would be as close as a breath. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel, declares the Lord. I'll put their law, my law in their minds and I will write it on their hearts. They will be my people. No longer will they, know, will they teach their neighbors or say to each other, know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest. Because of Pentecost, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of the God who hung the stars, the Spirit of the God who raised Jesus from the dead, makes his home in us. All of us helps us know how to live in ways that please him mind to mind heart to heart mike spoke about the hurricane force of the spirit's presence and that is such a good picture of what happened at the first pentecost that the spirit descends in dramatic fashion with tongues of fire and rushing wind and so many people coming to know Christ all at the same time in the same place through a mighty, visible work of God's Spirit. Sometimes when I think about that day and I think about my own small life and the challenges that I sometimes have perceiving the work of God's Spirit around and in me, I can sometimes feel a little bit like, am I missing something? I don't see this kind of power all the time. God can act in that way. He does. It's not every day. So should I be discouraged about whether or not the Spirit is in me? Well, no. Because the very same hurricane force spirit of Acts chapter 2 is the same spirit that's speaking within our hearts that confirms that we belong to Jesus. And that quiet yet powerful work, that is his work too. The Spirit himself testifying with our spirits that we are God's children is a work 
of the Spirit. Okay, somebody else is thinking. The Spirit gives life now and forever. That gives me great assurance. That gives me great hope. Knowing that believing in Christ is a sign of the Spirit's presence, that encourages me. But if you could peel back the layers of my life, look into my mind and my heart, and begin to see some of the struggles that I still have, the ways that I still fall short, the besetting sins that I'm still dogged by, you would know that sometimes I'm quite disappointed. You would know that hearing about living with the power of God's Spirit inside of me actually makes me feel kind of worse makes me wonder why it is that I still sin. If the power of sin has been broken by Jesus, why is it that I still experience this struggle? The early church father Augustine talks about four different states of the condition of humanity. At creation, Augustine says, people were able to sin and also able not to sin. But after the fall, we lost our ability not to sin. We still could sin. We couldn't resist. But in Jesus, by the Spirit, grace comes in, and the power to resist sin is available to us. We still can sin. We're still able to sin. We're also able not to sin once again. But we're looking forward to our glorified state when we will no longer be able to sin. We will no longer experience that frustration of struggling against that sin nature. So for now, what does the Spirit do? The Spirit gives us the power to turn towards God, but He doesn't overrule us. He will not force us to change He will help us, as he promised, to leave the realm of the flesh and walk in the realm of the Spirit, to get rid of what no longer belongs to our redeemed nature. And yet, we have the ability to receive his help or to stiff-arm him and keep him away. To paraphrase a memorable phrase from one of my former pastors, I probably heard it 10 years ago, and I've never forgotten it. God's Spirit will do his work in me, but he will not do it without me. Here's another picture. If you've lived through a power outage or a renovation in which the wiring of your house was disrupted for a little while, you will know the frustration of going over to the wall to find a light switch that worked 24 hours before, but today is not connected because there's a reason for that. The instant you flip that switch, you remember it doesn't, it's not connected to the power source. It doesn't do what you hoped it would do, but the automatic muscle memory that leads you there is strong. That kind of thing happens in our well-traveled paths of life, too. The tendencies and habits that lead us to go over to try to flip a switch of our behavior that isn't connected to the power of the Spirit, it's easy for us. It's our first impulse. We forget that it's not connected to the power that brings life. So when we're provoked or when we're tired, when we're not at our best, 
we're likely to travel that well-trod path to try to flip a switch, may produce the effect we hope in another person, may not be connected to the power source we were hoping it was connected to. By the Spirit, different power switches are available to us. Those switches are powered by the life of God. They rely on this close-as-your-breath rewiring of a relationship with God written on your heart. When we're provoked, we begin to learn there are different switches and different power available to us to flip. We can ask the Spirit to help us speak with truth and with grace. When we're tired, when we're hurt, when we're feeling especially vulnerable to wondering if God sees us, if he still loves us, if we're following him, we can flip a switch. We can tune our ears to hear the Spirit's voice, speaking to our spirits that we are God's dearly loved children. Remembering that that new wiring works, that it's operating, is going to take some time and some practice. It's going to involve some setbacks. We look forward to complete victory one day. But for now, we can wake up every morning and choose to turn on the lights to remember that the power of God lives inside of us. And we can say, good morning, Father. Before we go out and do anything today, would you remind me that I am yours? Thanks be to God. Holy Spirit, living breath of God, Jesus, our Savior, Heavenly Father. By ourselves, we are too weak to hold our own, even for a moment. Our sworn enemies, the devil, the world, and our own flesh never stop attacking us. And so, Lord, uphold us and make us strong with the strength of your Holy Spirit so that we may not go down to defeat in this spiritual struggle, but we may firmly resist our enemies until we finally win the complete victory. Help us to sing our lives to your praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to LaGrave Avenue CRC's Sermon Podcast.